a very warm welcome to The Early Retirement Show, the show dedicated to helping you navigate the nuances of an early retirement, a non-traditional retirement. Now let's get right into the episode so we can learn how to retire early. Welcome back to another episode of The Early Retirement Podcast, and I'm going to have to start calling it The Fun Retirement Podcast because I know I say every episode is a fun one, but today is seriously a fun one because you are going to learn everything to make sure you do not need to think about. Now, I know that's kind of a mouthful, but the whole point of this is that you are going to know by the end of this podcast how to make sure you avoid thinking about the mistakes that others, whether it be clients who have told me in the past who are clients now who said, hey, I wish I avoided this, or just things from people who have submitted questions or comments on YouTube, just all of the, in my opinion, biggest things to make sure that you avoid when you're considering retirement and investing and tax planning and all of that. So that is what you are going to learn about today. Once again, I am your host, Ari Taublieb. I am the vice president of Root Financial Partners. And what I love doing is helping people create a custom strategy. So this is what I do. Once again, you can see all of my links and everything like that in the description below. Let's hop into today's episode. And before I forget, if you haven't already, please do continue to rate the show, review the show. That helps more people find it so they can retire early and just helps me help more people. So I appreciate you taking the time to do that if you find this podcast valuable in any sense. So let's certainly talk about this in terms of retirement stakes and really what to avoid when you're thinking about your own retirement and, hey, what steps can I take to make sure I do avoid these? Well, that's what we're going to be talking about today. So the most common things to make sure you avoid. Number one is why I tell clients to spend more. Now, I know that sounds crazy, but I'm telling often clients, hey, you need to spend more. Well, this seems really odd, especially as a financial planner, but there's a tendency to not spend much because one is naturally unsure if they are in a position to do so. Well, because of this, you err on the side of being too conservative, which, by the way, I would rather be the case. I would rather that you do that than essentially go, I'm just going to go buy this yacht and this new house and all of a sudden run out of money. So it's not necessarily a bad thing. That's not my message here. Here's my message. It can be a bad thing if it causes you to miss out on what's most important to you in retirement. The biggest fear for most individuals nearing retirement or even thinking about that, and when I say nearing, obviously I'm the host of the early retirement podcast, so if you're in your 50s or your 40s or some people I know listening to this are going, hey, I'm a few years out from retirement, what do I do? Well, the biggest fear is that people think they're going to run out of money. The fear they don't feel today but may feel in the future without a proper plan is fear of regret. So if you go through retirement and realize you're going to have a lot of money left over, if you go through a planning process, either with myself or another planner, well, you might have a lot of money left over and you'll be wondering what else could you have done? What could you have done while you had your health and your energy and your vitality? And when you're working with clients, um, I like to look at what the threshold for clients is without worrying about running out of money too early. Now, of course, it's going to vary client to client, but I've had conversations with clients who have said, Ari, when I was first thinking about retirement, the last thing in the world I wanted to do is is really spend more because it's now I'm transitioning to a new stage of life. I used to be receiving a paycheck and now all of a sudden, yes, I'm receiving one, but it's from my investments and then I have social security and then there's a pension and rental income. And now, yes, you're receiving income, but but it's a lot different. And maybe you're listening to this going, hey, Ari, I just have my investments or I just have social security or just a pension is making up the most of my retirement plan. Well, none of that is bad. Going back to my common example of people say, Ari, do I need a million dollars or five million 
retire, 10 million to retire? The answer is you need $0. You need to replace your income. And how can you most effectively do that? Well, with proper planning. So really what this comes down to is how much can you effectively spend in retirement to make sure you never run out of money? I've done other episodes on that where I talk about how much can you spend? What is reasonable? I always go back to, hey, when it comes to a just basic example, well, if you want to look at the 4% rule and assume you have a million dollars, well, you can be rest assured you're not going to run out of money, assuming you're invested in this basic way of intermediate term U.S. bonds and large companies. Well, 4% tells me that if you have a million dollars, you can take out $40,000 every year and never run out of money. Now, it doesn't take into account taxes, and it only assumes that you're going to live for 30 plus years. So what I do with clients is I show them how we use the guardrails approach, which is we are actually taking more, 5.2 to 5.5%, which lasts for 40 plus years. The reason for that is we're following strict rules of how we take that income and we are investing in more than just intermediate term bonds and U.S. companies that are large, but really international, emerging markets, developed markets. So, so much more than that. Now, that's number one. Number two is retiring at the wrong time. When I discuss retiring at the wrong time, I know that can sound odd because it's like, all right, there's not a wrong time in the sense. Now, there is a wrong time, but here's what I mean to say with this is if you retire earlier or later than your plan allows for, you might retire earlier. Now, it might mean you have less dollars, but I could still say, hey, that's actually a successful retirement. The wrong time, as I see it, is that you retire too late and could have been doing more things that you wanted to do. You would be amazed at what a few years of extra work will do to your projections. One more year of work, two more years of work can seem like, well, what, Ari, I know that's probably in my highest earning years. Maybe I'm bringing in a very healthy income. And you're going to go, hey, how much of a role does it really play? Well, it can play a massive role. If you're going, hey, I don't know what this is going to do to my retirement. I mean, hundreds of thousands of dollars more. And you're going, well, Ari, how could that be if I'm only bringing in, just basic example, $150,000 or $200,000? Well, it's massive because it's another year your portfolio can continue to compound that you're not pulling from, allowing it to grow. So it's more than just, hey, are you making money? It's you're not pulling money. Now, if you need it, wonderful. Um, it's certainly great to do a few extra years of work. If you go, hey, I don't need it. I'm in a position where fortunately I've saved and invested well. Well, I would rather have you know that you don't need to keep working. If you want to keep working, I'll be the first to say, great, keep doing it. But if you don't need to, I want you to know you no longer have to. And that peace of mind when you're at work, if you have a bad day, if you have a thought of, you know what, I am done. I don't want to do this any longer. Great. You no longer need to. So that retiring at the call it wrong time, that's what I mean by by that. Um, it may, and I, I tarp on this, but it just doesn't seem like a few years would make a big difference, but it's an extra year of work, meaning an extra year of Roth IRA contributions, extra year of 401k contributions, extra year of social security earnings, an extra year where your portfolio can compound for you. It's not drawn down. So there's a lot of benefits to that. It's just the other risk that too many people don't consider, which is that you work too long, And you do that because you go, I don't want to run out of money. Once again, not a bad thing on paper, but what did you do to sacrifice that? Well, if you're still able to do all of the things you want to do, continue to work, it's going to be fine. But what if you knew you didn't have to? So that's the second one. Third risk here is just focusing on one risk. The first thing that comes to people's mind, and I'm going to guess this is you when I'm about to say this because I talk to clients all day about this, is what's the stock market going to do? Well, the stock market has a big impact, of course, on your retirement. Of course, I work with it. Um, There's a tremendous risk, though, in retirement, and it's only one type of risk. Oftentimes, people focus solely on this risk and fail to recognize that there are other risks and how that impacts your retirement. So yes, the social 
you know, security plays a role. And yes, stock market plays a role and how you withdraw income. Yes, all of these things. But here are a few things that most people don't consider. Sequence of return risk. What if I retire and I have to pull funds from my portfolio when the market's down? Well, far too often, individuals protect against this risk by adjusting their portfolio to a conservative mix, and it subjects themselves to an even greater risk, and that risk is inflation, the erosion of our purchasing power. So it's not just the value that we're looking at of, okay, what's our account today, but it's how do we maintain our purchasing power if you want to retire at age 60, I want to make sure that you can spend what you want at age 60, at age 90, and if our funds aren't growing and outpacing inflation, we're not going to be able to do that. So what you could do is go, oh my gosh, market's going crazy. Let's put it in cash, and it's going to feel good in the next 5, 10, 15 years. Maybe it's not cash, but maybe it's conservative assets. Call it bonds, which of course this year haven't performed well, but other conservative assets that you go, you know what, whether it's CDs or money market or just safe assets. If you go, hey, that feels good because Ari, I know you just said the safe word, well, to me, safe is actually investing in stocks because that's the safest thing you can do long term. But in the short term, cash can feel safe. So what I tell people is have enough on the side in conservative assets, in assets that are going to absolutely be there for you, not gaining no interest. But the goal here is not to say, yes, we want to blow out the park and hit home runs and go up 8, 10, 12 percent. It's to say, can we have a portion of our portfolio doing that and the rest in a portfolio that's here for us? So when the market does what it does, you don't have to worry. Um, the other thing here is that protecting too much against short-term risk, once again, that just leads to greater long-term risk. So how do we generate, this is what I'm thinking about, as you know, I hope you can see my emotions right now when I'm moving here, is how do we generate $100,000 of income to retire comfortably and not worry about running out of money? Well, we don't want to be our own worst enemy. Individuals often make very emotional decisions to chase either what's hot, um, and you can get caught up by market trends. That one thought, or really it is a thought, but that one thought can become an action, and that one action can cause them to derail their ability to retire, which is just less time with family. It's less time traveling. It's less freedom. And so I would rather have you really consider these deep decisions before doing them. And then if you go, hey, this is still what I want to do, great. But really, either it's working with a planner or saying, hey, you know what? There's someone that I trust to discuss this with. That's the ultimate value because this is just too important to to really mess up over just one decision. So that's number three. I know that sounded a little harsh there, but um, I hope it did not. Um, supporting adult children is number four here. Typically, and I'm just telling you what clients tell me, is they call me and they say, Ari, I want to pull funds so that I can buy real estate for my child. And after we work through the mortgage and interest and property taxes and realtor fees, I'll ask them, what do you think you could rent it for? And the client responds and they'll say, oh, I don't want to rent it. This is for my child. Now, there's nothing wrong with that, okay? There's nothing wrong with that approach if you have the means to do it, but let's not disguise, let's not pretend that this support for our adult children is an investment. Let's support them once we know how this ultimately impacts your overall financial plan. Not everything in life is about generating the most return. For example, if you look at your home and you ran an analysis of how your home has gone up over time and you just said, hey, what would the stock market do? The reality is the stock market beat your home. The difference is you had laughs in your home. You actually got to live in your home. You can't live in the stock market. There are things that come along with owning that home that are just so wonderful that I will tell people, even though we go through this analysis, a home still might be the recommendation over a stock market move, for example, but I want you to know what are the different options here, what makes most sense for you. Um, and then the last here thing here that I think is just so 
so often not just underappreciated, but not even something people want to go through. And I think the reason for that is because it's overwhelming. So my goal is to, to de-overwhelm. I don't know if that's a word, but the reason I bring it up here is that it's appropriate. And that number five is you don't have a strategy. And that strategy, that gives the peace of mind. I don't know how anyone can retire without, yes, here is my plan. Here's how I'm going to withdraw income. Here's how I'm going to think about investments when the market takes a turn. And I do say when, not if, because it keep will, it will, and it's going to continue to do so even when you retire. And it's about saying, how do we work with the market, not against it? You may have enough in investments, but maybe you didn't put the time in to put together a tax-efficient withdrawal strategy. You might have a pension, but maybe you elect the option that results in hundreds of thousands of dollars in lost value unless you chose the alternative option. You might have the lowest expense ratio and lowest fee fund, but it might not be the right investment for you because it doesn't give proper exposure and it doesn't allow you to maximize tax benefits or income needs. So what I tell people is whether it's with us, whether it's with another planner, um, go through a planning process just so that you know, so you have the peace of mind when you no longer need to work, number one, because I'm all about early retirement, not because I, I love the word retirement, but because I want you to know when you don't have to go to work. If you love doing it, great, keep doing it. So what I tell people is that it can be so valuable on your headspace. Now, it can be intimidating because it's, yes, we are gonna face of really what we're on track for, and sometimes it's, hey, ignorance is bliss, and I have clients who have told me, Ari, I was so stressful to go through this process. Now, when I went through it with you and your team, it wasn't as stressful, but the reality is, even though you guys did a good job, it's stressful because I don't want to have to face what I'm on track for. What if I'm not on track? And what if that means that I'm going to have to keep working until I'm 70? And, and I tell people that more often than not, that their projections are not accurate with what they're thinking. They're thinking, oh my gosh, do I have to work till age 70? And then they come to us and we show them, hey, if you do this a little differently, or if you change this strategy, well, you can actually do it in your 60s, or you could do it in your 50s. Now, it of course depends on the plan, but what I tell people is just having that clarity, um, that's the peace of mind that people want at the end of the day. It's, what am I on track for so I just don't have to worry? If I said, what is the ultimate value of going through this process? Yes, we can save, we often save clients hundreds of thousands um, through tax planning and millions through investments. And there's certainly a value add to that. Um, now, I have done another episode on when you should hire a planner and when you should not, because I actually don't believe a financial planner is required for everyone, which is a little bit controversial in the financial advisory space. Um, but that's another episode. But my overall message here is that as you're looking at this, here are the five mistakes to avoid. Don't not have a strategy. Okay, supporting adult children can be wonderful, but don't say it's an investment. Understand what you're doing with it. Focusing on one risk. Okay, not just the stock market. Don't retire at the wrong time and then understand why I tell clients you should spend more because what's the real risk here? So these are just the, the five mistakes that I've seen people make and they've told me about and it's things that we've curated and my, my partner and I, James Canole, we talk about these with clients to help them understand how can you live your best life? Once again, money is just a tool at the end of the day and we want to help people understand how you can best use that to accomplish what would really excite you? Not just, yes, we're in retirement able to, to meet our needs in terms of, yes, groceries and gas, but no, we can take trips and we know it's not going to impact the plan and we can be able to gift a home or we're able to help children with travel because we're in a means, we're in a position to do so because you've saved and invested well. So these are the mistakes to make sure that you can avoid and really how to avoid them. If there are any other episodes or you go, hey, 
hey, Ari, I want you to talk a little bit more about specifically investments or specifically, you know, withdrawal strategies or tax planning, which I try to make episodes on all of this. But if there's a specific episode that you want a topic on, please know you can submit them to this podcast. You can also go to the description and you can see that there's a link to do so there. Um, And you can see what is it like to work with a member of our team and see how we can help. So this is what we love to do. And I will see you all next week. I hope you had a great weekend considering this comes out on Monday. You might be listening later in the week. But once again, all episodes released on Monday and doing all of this and more on my YouTube channel. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Early Retirement Show. If you have a question that you want answered in a future episode, you can always go to my website, earlyretirementpodcast.com. That's earlyretirementpodcast.com. And you can go ahead and submit a question that I'll look to answer in a future episode. Thank you all for listening. Please do rate it, review it, and share it with someone who you think would benefit from this information if there's anyone out there that you know. I certainly appreciate it, and I will see you all each week. Hey, guys, it's me again. Please be smart about this. Nothing in this podcast should be construed as financial tax, or legal advice. Consult with your tax preparer or financial advisor before taking any action. This podcast is for informational purposes only.